Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. I've been saying stunning a lot ever since that like viral um, Olivia Cook Emma Darcy. Oh, stunning! Oh, stunning! I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. It's cute. Okay, Purse. Who are we talking to today? I am very excited for this episode. Me too. And listeners, you may recall that Sarah and I actually talked about these two people. Um, in an earlier episode, like way, way back, the nicknames Becky and Tish might ring a bell. We want to disclose that uh, we're going to be revealing who Becky and Tish are. Yeah, this is a big reveal. We're using their real names and everything. But I have to say, this is probably the episode I've been most anticipating in my in the back of my mind for like, honestly, for the last year, because today, guys, we are talking to one of my very, very best friends in the world. We've known each other since high school. It's been like over a decade. We've been best friends. And her name is Anne, AKA Becky. Yeah, AKA Becky's so hot. And oh, Becky is so hot. And you know who else is beautiful? Her girlfriend, Katie. Because our entire friendship, as long as I've known Anne, over 10 years, Anne has always dated men and identified as straight as far as she knew or we knew. And then she met Katie, her beautiful, amazing girlfriend, and everything changed. And now they are in a committed, serious, beautiful relationship and living together. We actually really feel like Anne and Katie's story is so important for listeners because just going with how you feel and just like looking at humans as just, you know, there doesn't have to be like such an emphasis on like gender and sexuality. That stuff is all fine. But to look at Anne's story and be like, hey, like this is someone who dated men and now her life is just looking different, which is also totally okay. It's more than okay. But we get into like, you know, the scary thoughts of it all and like the nervousness. Am I enough for you? Or like Katie was technically like the first woman she's ever like dated, right? So there's so much we get into, but I think it's important to like share more stories like this because I feel like they're way more common than we think. And I kept thinking like Glennon Doyle <laughs> for sure. I would say like, it's a very similar story to Glennon Doyle's. If you guys know the story of Glennon Doyle, I mean, it, yeah, like Paris is saying, it's so important to share these types of stories. And it's also important to share stories about openness and what can happen when you are just open to love and open to basically trying something new <laughs> like and and is probably one of the most open people i know she's not judgmental she's always going to like listen to her intuition and listen to her gut and because of that she's 
been able to experience this incredible relationship. Honestly, in her words, the the best relationship of her life so far. I'm just really happy for them and happy they were so open to come on the podcast and like talk about their story. And we always say, guys, we need more queer rep. And so Anne and Katie uh, talking so openly about their relationship, I'm sure will help so many other people. Yeah. If you guys listen and you have any questions for Anne and Katie, we're sure they'd love to answer. So feel free to DM us or send us an email. We just hope you love this story of love. Yeah, I kept thinking about it. It's just like a story of love, just like how two people found each other. Yeah. Invisible string. Oh, an invisible string tying you to me. We love love on this podcast. We love love at Girl on Girl. Now let's time to manifest us some love. Am I right? Seriously, it's like Anne's taking all of it. Yeah. It's honestly a little rude. I have a manifestation list. I'll read it to you later, sir. No, read it live on the podcast. No way. It's just for you. It's just for me. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, well, we hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Anne. Hi. Welcome to the Girl on Girl podcast. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. We're honored to have you. I have literally been waiting for this day for a little over a year now. Have you really? Yeah, since one fateful conversation in your car, which we will discuss later, or it might have been my car. It was my car. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Important detail, Um, (laughs) which, yeah, we'll get into it, but guys, and is my best friend and I know Persis is my best friend but a girl's allowed to have more than one okay I have like a handful of besties and Anne how long have we known each other I have no idea how long was grade nine how long ago grade nine was 2013 no oh 2008 for you 2009 2008 2009 I was ready to be like, you're right. (laughs) Correct. Versus obviously swooped in and was like, wrong. (laughs) I was like, yes, ma'am. Unless you want to say 2013. Sure. We're young and. No, but no, you're right. We met way earlier than that. We met in ninth grade in high school. So it's been like 15 years of friendship. The reason why Anne is here today is because Anne is in a very serious partnership with a woman. (laughs) However, it was not always this way. (laughs) And so we are gonna dive deep into how it all went down and basically how Anne dated a woman for the first time at 27 years old, which is actually a way more common occurrence than it might seem. I remember when we talked to the queer relationship expert, Donna Noble, on our podcast. If you guys haven't heard that episode, it's one of our fan favorites. So take a look back in the archives and listen in. But she talked a lot about what she called late in life lesbians, which is just like, I think, a bit of a narrow term for what could broadly be described as like someone who explores their queerness a little bit later in life. It's not like, you know, they know from 
from a young age or they know in their teens or whatever it is. And yeah, I just think it's a very common thing. And so we're really excited to talk to you about your personal experience because we think a lot of listeners will really identify with this. Oh, I don't know what to say to that. I feel like I have imposter syndrome and it but, still all feels pretty new to me. I would say like, um, I know it's been about a year, but, and in some ways it feels like a long time. Like it's been kind of a long time coming in some way, but I still feel like I'm learning every day. So yeah. And we were going to save this question until later, but I feel like just to start off the conversation, why did you agree to do this interview? Because guys, Anne is not typically a very like public person. She's not, she's not someone who would like jump at the chance to talk and have her voice recorded for like an hour, even though she has a beautiful voice. When we asked you to be on, why did you ultimately say yes? The big one, I think for me that I kept coming back to was just thinking about how important representation has been to me over the past year. And this felt like even in my small way, I could contribute to that. I just thought about how important it is for me still to see stories like mine. And so that was the big one, I would say, would just be like to contribute to that pond. And then also, I think I was talking to Katie about this today. Like, I think that I still have a lot of fear about how people will perceive my life and my choices and my situation. And this felt like a little bit out of my comfort zone. Like people are going to judge and people are going to think what they're going to think. And most people think nothing or wonderful things, but it just felt like a way to go out of my comfort zone and like practice being my authentic self, you know, cause I'm not so good at that all the time still. And so, yeah, I think those were the two big ones. So proud and of you for doing that. to you guys. So proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> we are you. both like so proud. And I was actually like a little nervous to ask you because I didn't want you to feel pressure or anything like that, but you felt like honored to be able to share your story. And just, we talk about representation every single episode purse. I don't think a single we're on episode 70 of this podcast. I literally don't think we've gone through a single one without talking about rep and and throughout this year of your life where you've been dating your girlfriend who we'll talk all about you have been like seeking out representation like even Haley Kiyoko and Becca Tilly that's a couple that you have been like really enjoying following their relationship and like maybe seeing yourself in that relationship and I remember when you came to visit me in Vancouver we were on Davy and you were saying like I find myself, especially in queer communities like Davy, which is the queer village in Vancouver for anyone who doesn't know, but you were like, I find myself look like looking around, looking for, hoping to see two women, especially femme presenting women holding hands down the street because it just like, when you can see yourself, it changes everything. And we just hear that over and over on this podcast, like every single guest. Yeah. And not even in those communities or areas, like everywhere. I look for it. Like, I hope everybody's gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like hope Me and too. pray. <laughs> and sometimes people say like, cause representation still matters so much that we like, sometimes you think it's getting better. Right. But then we hear like yeah. new couples coming out and you still feel that like same excitement, even though we're totally. like, way better than what, where we were years ago. But I think like mm-hmm. people need to continue coming out and people need to mm-hmm. be continuing to like even show off their relationships, like, cause people mm-hmm. need to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's more like hopeful wishing, like, um, 
Like I just, so for example, I, do you guys watch Grey's Anatomy? A little bit. Me too. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I watched the most recent season on Netflix, like over the past couple of weeks. And there's a plot line where, um, one of the women starts dating a non-binary person. And I was like, it had me going through the whole season. I was rooting so hard. I like really needed it to happen. And it kept me watching the whole time. Like that's me, like just hoping for it to like, to see it. And that's what I am looking for. Like, I'm like hoping that people turn out to be gay. And if not, I honestly lose interest a little bit. I'm like, okay, that's not what I need right now. <laughs> honestly, the quote of this episode is, I hope and pray that everyone's gay. <laughs> a quote by Anne. That's it. Okay, so let's dive in a little bit to who you are and how you've kind of identified throughout your life before meeting your partner, Katie. First off, what do you feel like your relationship with romance is? I have, from your best friend standpoint, I have like a perception of what romance means to you, but I don't know, like, it'd be interesting to hear you say like where it sits on your rating of like life's most important things. For Persis and I both, romance is actually very, very high on our list of, for Persis, it might even be like number one of just like what we care about the most. How, what's your relationship with romance? Um, I guess it depends on what you mean by romance, but I guess it's up to my interpretation. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking to me, romance, I guess, is like intimate connection with somebody like, like emotional closeness and yeah, like sharing life with somebody like to me, that's what romance means. And I would say that's super high. I think you'd probably Mm -hmm. agree. (laughs) Yeah. If you said it wasn't high, I would have been shocked. I would have been shook at my core. You love love. I love love. I love love. I love love for other people. I love it for myself. I want to see it in the world in all its forms, like not just romantic love, but, um, I would say like, yeah, human connection is super high up there for me. And to me, romantic connection is like the pinnacle of that. I am such a, I'm such a romantic at heart. I was thinking about that today. I I was like listening to some sappy song. I was like walking somewhere and I was listening to a love song and I was just like, like, I really am. Like, I feel this, like, I am just like, such a hopeless lover deep down me too so before you met katie can you give the listeners just like a really brief overview of your dating history you don't have to tell us like who you dated but did you feel no, like we need like their names you need the names we need names we need years we need their bank account size <laughs> yeah bank account <laughs> SIN number. Any of that, please. Thanks. Yeah. Just research um, purposes. Yeah, just for research. A data collection. Yeah. Yeah, please. Mm. We need to analyze. But also, like, from your dating history, did you feel like you had a type or was there something that you were, like, most attracted to in men? Because before this point, you had previously only dated men. Yeah, I had only dated men. I've had a few long-term relationships. I don't know about type. I feel like, no, I'm interested to see what Sarah thinks about this, but I feel like I don't have a type. Do you want my opinion? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say absolutely not. You do not have a type. Oh, okay. I think we've talked about this before. No, I think you don't have a type. I think you're totally attracted to like who the person is. You're not, it's not about, obviously you'll be attracted to the way they look, but it's not like, oh, that guy has a mustache and therefore he's my type. You know what I mean? 
What if my type is only mustaches? That's it. I honestly, like sometimes I wonder if that's my type. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very into mustaches. If any beautiful straight men with mustaches are listening. Oh, okay. Mm. Putting that out there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that I have a type. I would say I'm, can I feel connected to people in a way that I can't really explain and it happens kind of randomly and that doesn't look like one thing or the other. I'm not sure what that means or what that is, but yeah, I don't think I have a type. I think that's beautiful actually. I feel like I've dated all kinds of people. Not that I've dated a lot really, but um, I'm thinking about the people that I've dated and they're all very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I also feel like on top of that, you definitely have always seemed to me to be more of like a relationship person, more of a monogamous, like you're not a serial dater. You're like, if I'm going to jump into something with someone, I definitely want to like look long-term with that person. Yeah, totally. I agree. I'm really curious about this though, because like Mm -hmm. getting into labels, I'm assuming like you always identified as straight, but did you ever have like any curiosity about women even before meeting Katie? Yeah, that question I found interesting because I was thinking about it. And I mean, I think it was one of those things where when you grow up and you are shown one thing, you just assume. I was like, oh, I'm a woman, I'm into men, and that's what it is. And I dated men, and I was like pretty happy dating men for the most part. Um, Like I never thought to do anything different, and it felt, it never felt wrong. But I wouldn't say like looking back. And to be honest, like I never really thought much about labels, which partially is a privilege of being straight I would say like you don't have to think much about it so there's that piece that I just like never had to think about how I identify or what I label that as but now looking back I'm like I don't know that I ever was really like identified strongly with that like Hmm. I feel like I'm a super open person like I don't like labels in general not just with my sexuality but more just like I don't like to put myself into a box in any way and so I think it would have felt weird to like think about myself in that way and block myself up off from like other opportunities or what life may bring, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To answer your question, I don't think I ever like really strongly related to it. I hadn't like thought specifically about women. I think, I think I'm attracted to all kinds of people and I love people. And so no, I, to answer your question. Yeah. I don't think I had like specifically thought about anything, but I definitely hadn't like ruled it out thinking like, Ugh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> I am so straight. Yeah. Right. That was definitely not my vibe, but nothing <laughs> I, specific happened before that. Well, so I was going to ask about that. Like, if, okay. Yeah. Go you ahead. go first. No, you go first there. I think we have the same question. Probably. Well, my question was going to be like, like I had an aha moment for sure. Or I had like yeah. sexual awakenings like throughout my childhood, but because of society, like you said, like growing up as a woman, I was already kind of told like, oh, you're a girl, you're, you're going to like men. But I had many moments where I would like see an actor like on TV or like seeing Shay Mitchell in Pretty Little Liars. And I was like getting butterflies, you know? So mm-hmm. I was just, I was going to ask like, was there any moments like in media where you like maybe saw a woman and, or you saw maybe like a relationship represented with two women and you're like, oh, that's kind of nice. Or was it kind of like, you just, it didn't really like click with you or anything, or you just saw it as like any other relationship? I think I saw it as any other relationship. Look, I didn't, um, I don't, I don't recall. And maybe I did. And I just like, you know, suppressed it or didn't think much of it, but I don't think I, I, yeah, I can't recall any like reactions to media like that. No, I was curious. 
Well, yeah. And it's, it's funny because it might not be something that clicks with you until later. I was wondering pretty much the same question that Persis just asked, but like in your real life, like in this past year in your life, as you've been like navigating your sexuality in a different way, have there been any moments that you've kind of looked back into your past and been like, oh, I wonder if I did have like a little bit of a crush on this girl in my real life, like not on TV. Have you had any moments like that? Yeah, I would say that's happened where I feel like I'm one of those people where I've been like, and I don't know if this is yeah, like a crush, but definitely I've had situations where I've like been really drawn to somebody who was a woman and people would label it as like a girl crush. Like we've all heard that Mm. before. And looking back, I'm like, you know, like maybe had I bothered to like explore that, it would have been something more than just, I really like that person. Right. Isn't that interesting? Um, Yeah. But at the time I was just like, oh, I, I love that person. Like I love my friends. Right. Like I, I feel drawn to that person and I want to like be around them, but I don't know that I would have labeled it as like at the time or even now as something more, but something interesting when you were talking about like in hindsight before I, well, I had met Katie, but we hadn't like started talking or dating and I had been talking to my therapist about something and I can't remember what it was now, but something about sexuality in general, like in how people and I express sexuality in the world And I can't even remember the context, but then literally the next appointment with her, I was like, I have something to tell you. I have to tell you this. And I told her about Katie and she was like, was this on your radar at all last time we talked? And I was like, not at all. And she was like, that is crazy. And she like recalled that I had been talking about something. And at the time I wasn't thinking like about my own sexuality and how I express it, but it was just like, I think I was exploring the concept of sexuality in general. Mm -hmm. And she was just talking about how like, intuition and so I would say there's like been things in my life where it now looking back I'm like oh it's not a far reach that I would end up in this situation right right you also have very strong intuition you're really grounded in your gut thanks it's true I try to listen to it good yeah I'm glad you did Persis is definitely glad you did (laughs) no also can we just talk about for a second Persis I'm gonna embarrass you you had a crush on (laughs) Anne I was thinking that. No, I did. Guys, Persis had a crush on Anne. And I was like, oh, like she's not into women or whatever. (laughs) And now here we are, Anne's living with a woman. Do you remember? It could have been you guys. Well, do you remember we were at Tironi and we were trying to get you to guess who it was? Because we knew. We're like, there's no way you're going to guess it's me. I think you were like thinking of every guy sarah knew i don't remember this and we were oh, like yeah i think i was like oh someone has a crush on you and you were like yeah. oh is it like i'm just picking random names <laughs> why did i get a bro voice is all it... of a sudden whatever and i was like it's persis and you were like oh that's so sweet or whatever i don't know what the conversation actually was but <laughs> persis like it didn't work out in her favor it's okay it wasn't it wasn't written in the stars for us but No, I wanted to say like, I'm glad you listened to your intuition and we're so open to that because I think I know of a lot of people who've maybe like been living their life as like straight, you know, and that's just something Mm -hmm. they know that that fear could come up for a lot of people. But I feel like for you, you were just going off of who you really like. You're just living your life, like you said. And I think that's really great because not a lot of people could do that. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's like been a big learning curve for me and I will say I was very I had a lot of fear like Katie's 
experience of us like first meeting and dating says a lot about that but yeah in the end I did really like just trust the feeling that that was right and I'm super glad I did and it's a big life lesson for me I mean I've done that in the past but this one felt like big and scary for me so oh it was too short life is too too damn short amen Mm. you gotta just go with you got to go with your gut and you also just have to follow the love. Like if you're feeling love, like just follow it. Why would you, why would you run away from it? It's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Love can't be wrong. Oh, <laughs> your face. I am. That's just Should like quote me? me. Yes. Oh, quoting. We're putting that on a tote bag. We're going to put that on a t-shirt. Love can't be wrong. Sarah, merch idea. Yeah. But we'll give We're you gonna- credit. No, we're just going to steal the idea. (laughs) Okay. We've been talking about Katie like a little bit here and there, but let's really talk about Katie because Katie is the catalyst. Katie and catalyst kind of sound the same. I just realized it's kind of cool. But she has changed everything, really. So later on in this episode, guys, stick around because Katie's actually going to come join us and talk about her perspective meeting Anne for the first time and how the relationship started but from your perspective Anne can you tell us about meeting Katie for the first time like where'd you guys meet what was your first impression of her and when did you notice that there was like a little bit more than friendship going on between you two um we met at work um I had I was relatively new in the job so I was just like putting my head down I had just gone through a breakup so I was like not interested at all in dating I was like putting my head down working and she was one of the only people my age so of course I like noticed her my first impression well I mean Katie's very busy she has like a lot on the go and honestly my first impression was that she ran everywhere I always saw her in the building like <laughs> running to a new destination and I was like this girl has like a lot going on it's too much energy um, for me it was a little bit. I was like, you need to like take, take five. a break. <laughs> yeah. Take five. Yeah. We don't have to run everywhere. Um, <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> and then we, we have like a mutual friend. Um, and I had seen, I went to see that friend who I hadn't seen in a long time. And she was like, oh, I know this girl who also works there. This is her name. And I was like, oh, So when I saw Katie at work that the next day, I was like, I know somebody that, you know, and then we started like chatting and I would say the first time I knew it felt different, I think like pretty soon, like I picked up on the vibes that she was flirting pretty quickly. And I think pretty soon I was like, this feels different. And then like, before we even talked outside of work, I would say I was having feelings like this feels a bit different. I'm not sure what that means. Were you like scared of those feelings? Like what were the steps to like acknowledge them? Because I think you feel them, but you're like, wait a minute. Am I excited? Am I nervous? Like what's happening? Yeah. I think I couldn't like hide from them. So I had to, like, I think generally when I feel a lot of emotions, I will like dissociate a little bit, but I just like, couldn't do that. So I just kind of had to, I kind of like had to face them. Um, and I would say like, yeah, like I couldn't like ignore it. I don't know. And there was something in me that I think, I think had I, yeah, something in me was just like, that's not an option. Like we're going to explore this. I had a lot of fear about like, 
hurting her, like feeling like, is this serious what I feel or is it like some passing thing and I don't want to like, you know, lead her on or like, right, you know, explore this before I really know what I'm feeling. So there was pressure there. Yeah, that's very classic you to be. Classic empath Anne is like mostly worried about how Katie is going to feel. Yeah. And honestly, probably not looking much inward, right? <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Avoid, avoiding. Avoiding. <laughs> avoiding. Avoiding your feelings at all costs. <laughs> but it's like, it's what's nice. she feeling? Right. But you're like, yeah, then there's this whole part of you that's like, but wait, I'm feeling all these things too. But I think that's nice that you did consider, wait a minute, like, is this just this passing feeling? Because it's new. So you don't know. Mm-hmm. You're like, I have mm-hmm. no idea what's going on. Yeah, totally. I had no idea if it was like fleeting or no. You finally did like acknowledge the feelings, um, at least even just to yourself before you acknowledge them to Katie. How did you tell me about them? <laughs> and I think I was the first person you told. I told Is my that- therapist first, but okay. you were the first person I in like my life. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you tell me and were you nervous to tell me? I was so nervous to tell you. I thought I was going to throw up. Like, uh-huh. And it's so, it's so funny because I knew I picked you for a reason. Like I knew I, and not super intentionally, but when it happened, I was like, this is obviously the first person I have to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big part of that is because I knew you would be a safe space. Like I knew it was super low risk. I knew you were going to be like, just excited. And like, it was going to be like a really safe testing the waters. Yeah. But for some reason, I was still thought I was going to throw up. I was so nervous. Do you remember you got into my car and I was like, I have to tell you something. Yeah. We were sitting in the parking lot of the liquor store. <laughs> Do you remember? Yes. <laughs> Maybe and I just you were pulled nervous. over and like had to word vomit. I have this memory of being on your street and saying, I have to tell you something. And you being, I remember you being scared because I was so serious. You probably thought it was something like something terrible had happened. And you basically just blurted it out. Mm-hmm. And you squealed with delight. <laughs> it was a celebration. It was a celebration I remember in the you car. squealing and you were like kicking your legs in the air. You were like so <laughs> excited. It was the best. The fact that I co-host a gay podcast is, is helpful in this scenario. Not only are we best friends, so it's already a safer space, but I like literally talk about gay girls lit every day all day every day yeah so well and not like girls specifically but yeah queerness and so anyway so I was just like over the moon because as I've talked about many times on this pod I've come to realize throughout hosting that uh, sexuality is a spectrum and I just feel like so strongly about that and so to see you like stepping into that through like exciting feelings for someone was just it was like I couldn't handle it. I was like exploding with happiness. Yeah. Did you think that I would be super surprised? No. Mm. I didn't think anybody, oh, maybe I did. I didn't think my friends would be super surprised. Like I didn't, I didn't think anyone was going to be like shocked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is like, I definitely wasn't shocked, but it's not because there was never a part of me like, in the back of my mind throughout our friendship being like, I wonder if Anne's secretly into girls like that. It was, it was just that you're such an open fluid person 
that I think that's why I didn't feel surprised. I was like, and I know you always lead with love and lead with intuition. So I was like, of course you're going with these feelings you have, no matter what the gender of the person is. However, so you weren't surprised. I, I wasn't surprised, but remember yeah. purse I had, this is actually kind of crazy. I had an inkling of something. Oh, remember yeah. purses? Like this was maybe six months before anything happened with you and Katie. And I had an inkling of something and I can't remember where it came from. It was about this podcast. Did you mention the podcast or something? You said something to Sarah. No, so, it was the opposite. No, it she was didn't that. didn't mention it. It was oh. that I didn't mention it. It was that you guys had started the podcast and I was like, I had listened. I had listened to some episodes, but I, I don't think I was like starting. Much. I wasn't like talking much about it, mm-hmm. which is weird for me when my friend does something like big and exciting. So right. I think Sarah was like, but the Why reality was about this? you were truly just like too busy and had too much going on in your life to like listen to my podcast, which is absolutely understandable. But there was something, I don't know what it was. And I was like, I wonder if there's something about Anne's sexuality she doesn't want to confront. It was like kind of in the back of my mind. It wasn't, I That's wasn't a possibility. Like, yeah. But we talked about that though. And you said that that wasn't the case, which mm. But like, who knows? Maybe subconsciously knows? something yeah. was happening. But anyway, it was the best moment ever. I'm so happy that you felt safe enough to tell me. And did it get easier after that point to tell people or was every single new person like a very nerve wracking situation? It got easier, like in like slowly. It was never easy, but it definitely every every time I said I said it out loud and every time somebody had a good reaction, it like took the edge off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, I find it like, I mean, it's easier, but I still am like watching for people's reactions for sure. Like it doesn't, it doesn't come out in conversation unless I meet like intend it to. And I'm watching closely for how people respond. Um, right. Which is just a part of how I am. I'm like very in tune to other people. And so I'm watching for their reactions all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of just kind of who I am. Well, that's the but thing too about, about being queer is like, you kind of have to come out every day, like yeah. unintentionally. Cause if you mention like your same sex partner, exactly, yeah. sometimes it is met with like a reaction or sometimes people yeah. don't like say much, but overall, do you like, if it's strangers, do you feel like you get questioned a lot or is it kind of like you don't? I don't think I get questioned. No, I feel like people generally are like fine. Mm-hmm. That's good. Like most people, yeah, don't have much of a reaction at all. It's happened a few times where I can see people being like surprised. Like I can read the surprise on their face and like the calculation. Yeah. But nobody's like said anything or questioned me about it much. Right. Mm-hmm. I have a question for both of you because we have a lot of listeners who are thinking about coming out or in the process of coming out, but they're in scenarios where they're not sure like the safest way to do it. And you expressed what was happening with Katie to your therapist and to me first. And you had good experiences with, you had a good experience, a positive, safe experience. Persis, we've talked about this before on the podcast. You actually didn't have a positive experience with the first people that you mentioned you might like girls to. You actually had a very unsafe experience and you were immediately questioned. We've talked about how hard that was for you. So from both of your perspectives, what do you, what advice would you give to anyone listening who is thinking about maybe expressing their sexuality to someone for the first time to make it a safe environment for them? 
You mean for like the person who's coming out or the person who's receiving the news? No, the person who's coming out. Hmm. It's so interesting because I think for me, like I chose people who I thought would have been a safe space. <laughs> so yeah. I was totally met with a reaction that wasn't what I was hoping for. What you but expected, yeah. No, no, not at all. So maybe it's like you you don't really know. You can never really know for sure if it's going to be a safe space. This is maybe actually what I would have done in hindsight. I mean, I was only 18, so I just kind of told my best friends. For sure. Thinking it would be, <laughs> thinking it would be thinking good. it would be all cool, but it really wasn't. <laughs> Which is hilarious because they're still my best friends to this day. And we, we've talked about this. But yeah. what I would do is I maybe like, start to talk about like more queer media or maybe try and like involve myself with the person and like maybe consume more queer media together, like kind of slowly start to bring mm. up topics. And then maybe I'd bring up the fact that I'm queer. I think I'd maybe just want to like see their reaction first or their vibe and how, not that the people I told were like homophobic or anything like that, but maybe like see more versions of like representation because a lot mm -hmm. of it for me, Anne, was like, oh, you don't look gay. You know, like I'm mm -hmm. a very femme presenting person. And to them, they were like, oh, no, you seem like you're into boys. So maybe that's what I would do. I'd be like, oh, do you want to watch like Kayla Kiyoko's music videos? together?" <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's kind of good advice. You that's can test, really good test advice. the waters a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. My advice was going to be to, yeah, like try and and pick somebody you know that you feel like but even saying that like you never know how people are going to react so that's not like a foolproof plan by any means um, but I do the same thing I gauge people like I'm looking for like yeah if they see any representation how they respond like if they talk about it themselves like I'm re like reading into all that before I say something generally yeah, because you could tell like the person you're closest to, but who knows how they'll react and doesn't mean they're like a totally. bad person. And I'll never say the girls were like bad people. I think we were young and representation was definitely not looking good nine years ago, I guess. Yeah, they had probably never seen anyone who looked like you who identified as anything but straight. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. if it was, it was so minimal or it was like a TV show. We weren't seeing like real life rep. So mm -hmm. yeah. Right. That's why rep matters. Okay, speaking of safety, Anne, what was it about Katie that made you feel safe enough to explore the relationship, having never had um, a relationship with a woman before? I would say mostly just a feeling. I just felt like she was a good person and had good intentions, but also communication. Like once I, like I was pretty upfront early on about how important privacy is to me so I I mean I think I was going a roundabout way of saying like this particular like I want to keep this between us until I can like you know figure out what's happening mm -hmm. um and that made me feel a lot safer and I think also just how confident she was like it felt so comfortable to have somebody who was like super confident in who she was and what she was doing. And I think on the inside, she was like probably freaking out, but on the outside, it looked a lot like confidence. And I was like, cool. Like this person is confident. She like knows what she wants and knows who she is. And that was really comforting to me to be like spiraling on the other end, you know? Mm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I never anchor. thought about that. Yeah. I also think because she and we'll hear more about like how Katie made her first moves plural on you but 
I think because she didn't like jump into it head first, like aggressively or or put any pressure on you. It definitely was like a gradual thing and she took her time. And I think that probably created like a lot of more like safety and comfort for you. You didn't feel like ambushed by her, by her flirtation. You know what I mean? It was like subtle. It's funny that you would say that because I think she would disagree. Like oh, she really? thinks she like jumped in. She, like, really she thinks she like, yeah her words yeeted herself into my life like she yeeted herself (laughs) I hate the word yeet but um Katie Katie's words um yeah she feels like she like jumped right in and I I think I felt like that too like I was like whoa like where'd you come from who are you like making me feel this kind of way like saying these things I was like what's happening who are you but I mean, I think what you're talking about is the fact that she was like super respectful and like checked in on me a lot along the way. Like, is this okay? Like, what can I do? Like that was always open and that made me feel safe. Yeah. That's really funny actually. Cause I mean, it's kind of like we said, like, it's very queer us queers. We do go pretty fast. And when we feel, we feel very Mm -hmm. deeply. Mm -hmm. It's a very classic, like gay girl thing going on but respect is always key you never want someone to be like you know because it's also for you yeah overwhelmed oh my gosh yeah well now you guys live together like Like, now we live together yeah I think like we had known each other for months but not really like talked much so it didn't feel fast in that sense but I would say once she like yeah like one day she like decided she was gonna like get to know me and then all of a sudden she was like in my life beside me (laughs) in the desk like chatting me up And that happened pretty fast. That is so admirable. I want to be like that. That is something that I'm like constantly working on because I'm not that person. Like I'm the person, if I like you, I'm going to like sit back and wait for you to make the move. And I just think it's like when someone is confident enough to, to go and pick the desk beside you, like I would just, I'd be too scared to do that. And so I'm really inspired by that boldness. Me too. Me too. Me too. I love that. Person, I think you're like that. Oh yeah. No, I, I do do that. Like if I like okay, someone, yeah. but I, I like that Katie did it, but I'm very similar. Like if I like someone, they know, and I will make the moves to let them know. Oh, you will make the move. Oh, you guys are so inspirational. <laughs> we should take like Honestly. a masterclass hosted by Persis and Katie. Let's do yeah. it. I'm not like that. I'm very much more like let me just Passive. sit back and see, yeah, <laughs> see what this person's about, see what they like. Yeah, and I need, yes, the validation. Yeah. I got to have the validation first, yeah. and then I feel confident enough to be yeah. like, okay, which, huh. I, you know, I really think it should be the opposite way around, but we're working on it. It's tough. I think for me, I just always <laughs> feel like I need to make the move because I hate the what ifs. So I'm always mm. like, you know, I just got to try. I got to shoot my mm. shot. I definitely have a lot of what ifs. Just even like fleeting things where I thought someone was cute and then I like just didn't do anything about it and they're gone forever. You know what I mean? If they're meant to come around, I guarantee they'll come back. Universe. I know. I, know. I believe that. Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Don't worry. Baby. I'm always, I'm always going to be in your life. <laughs> Baby. Yeah, you haven't, you haven't left no. yet. Not yet. <laughs> Sometimes I wish you would, to be honest. Yeah, after the Zoom call, we'll chat about it. Um, and cue for you. Mm-hmm. You might not even have an answer for this, but Katie's your first relationship with a woman. Is there anything that like surprises you about that, like being with a woman? Or are there any challenges? Nothing really surprises me. I mean, 
Definitely there are differences, but I think they're good challenges. Like the one that comes to mind when you say that is like women tend to be more emotional, I would say. And I think I picked somebody specifically that is emotional because that's something I was missing in past relationships, but it can be difficult. Like when you both have lots of emotions and feel those emotions and, you know, have the intelligence to know that they're there and what they mean. Um, not always by any means, but like the curiosity to look into them, I think. And that can be challenging sometimes, just like weeding through all that and figuring out what's at the root of them. Um, that has been much more than in my relationships with men. And it is challenging at times, like working with all those. It's such a catch 22 because in past relationships with men, you've been like, you text me being like, oh, I just wish he could like tune into his emotions more. And then in this relationship with Katie, you've definitely texted me being like, women are too emotional. Like, we, <laughs> so, like, why do we have to be so in tune with our emotions all the time? It's like, yeah. you can't have one without the other. Yeah, you can't true. have one without the other. Yeah. And I think like, it is a catch 22, but the benefits are so worth it. Like, it's yeah. so nice to be with somebody who like, does honor their emotions and also make space for mine, which has been uh, something that I felt is missing in the past, because I feel things good and bad, high and low, like, I feel hard. And in the past, I felt like there wasn't space for that. And it was like scary for people or like foreign. And so she's just like got all the space, like she honors it all. Like she's very grounded when I am feeling either way. And she's often there with me. And that is super refreshing and something I haven't had before, but it does take work. Cause I think your, your response when your partner is feeling emotional is to like have emotions and like, mm-hmm. and sometimes that can be like, then you can like spiral. So it takes work to like separate your own emotions from the other person. But in the end, it's, I think results in like a lot of like really feeling seen in ways that I haven't before. That's important. It's so crucial. And I have seen you in past relationships not being seen and space not being held for you. And I felt frustrated for you in in those moments because you do feel everything. And that should be like something that the other person loves about you. And it, you haven't always been supported in that in your past relationships. And like you'll hear later, guys, Katie talking about how that is literally one of her favorite qualities in Anne is that she feels things. Like that is the number one thing I think from an outsider's perspective watching your past relationships that I felt like wasn't being like cherished about you. Or it was like almost seen as like a um, – like a – tough spot in your relationships instead of like something that is beautiful about you and that makes you who you are. So it's really refreshing from like where I sit to see you in a relationship where finally like that's a good thing because it is a good thing. Yeah it's interesting too because I feel like that's something that I've carried from childhood like Hmm. I have grown up to like I I didn't even realize but I and that's like a lot of work I do you know on my own too but I have learned that I have come to see my emotions as a burden, like as too much or wrong or yeah, like a burden. And so to have somebody reflect those emotions back to me and see just like the strength in them and the, you know, the purpose and the value, I'm like, oh, like this is something that I've been trying to like dull down about myself because people Mm. don't respond. Right. And so to have somebody just like have space and be like, that's awesome. Like, I totally value that in you has been like a big 
change for me. Wait, aren't you a Scorpio? Yes. Oh, duh. This is prime Scorpio energy. Like I <laughs> just told you as a kid, girl, it's because you're a Scorpio. I yeah, know. Hello. Nobody you were born into it. Nobody told me that. Listen, yeah. I'm telling you that right now. Everything you. you just described, yeah. I was like, Scorpio, I'm a total Scorpio. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you are definitely Scorpio vibes. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Also, like, sorry, not to like get too in the weeds with this, but just the fact that we've been talking about how much we all love love and partnership like this what you just described is why i think partnership is like the best thing in the world and why we're all searching for it is because it can literally like change the the trajectory of like who you are and like what you how you love yourself and like how you celebrate yourself when someone else is celebrating those things in you like there's like that's life changing because I don't think you'll ever settle for that in the future. Like, I'm not talking about necessarily romantic relationships. But now that you've, you know what I mean? Like, you won't settle anymore for someone or something that doesn't value who you are in that way. Totally. I think this relationship, it's definitely been the healthiest relationship I've been in. And it's interesting. I sometimes describe it as like a, a mirror, which mm-hmm. I've never felt like I have before. But I like, to me, a healthy partnership is like, reflecting back at you like who you are and what you're you know experiencing and no judgment or like this is wrong this is right just like a person to like bounce things off and see how they land and think about them right I've never had that before which is nice mirror (laughs) by Justin Timberlake (laughs) plays in the background can you please (laughs) drop it here first I'm dropping it right now Also, yet another quote by Anne. Yes. Partnership is a mirror. You should just take my job and be a writer. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Now that we've heard a little bit more about Katie, we have a few more questions about you. We want to talk a little bit about identity and labels. You already mentioned earlier, labels aren't your jam, which we love. Here at Girl on Girl, you know, whatever floats your boat, but we definitely have like some complicated feelings about labels. Um, if you identify with one, that's amazing. And if you don't, that's also amazing. But you, since meeting Katie, have been like quietly in the process of figuring out maybe like if you do identify with a label or not. So what has that journey been like for you? I mean, difficult at times, challenging at times, confusing, I would say, like frustrating in the sense of like, it's not something I do intuitively. So at times I definitely felt forced. I was like, Oh, now I have to like pick something. Like I have to like, like, I'm not straight anymore. So what am I? Um, and there was a time at the beginning where I felt a little bit in like limbo of that, but also to be honest, I would say like in the grand scheme of the past year, I haven't given it much thought at all. I did. I I actually really a lot of mental space for me. Good. Um, There was a point where I said to Katie, like, maybe I feel bisexual, like maybe that's what fits me. And I think it's the label that I know of that feels most like appropriate Mm -hmm. given my circumstances. But I don't know that I actually like thinking about it more. I don't know that I actually feel super like identified with it beyond the fact that it like reflects my experience to date. So yeah, I guess all to say, like, I really don't have one and I don't think about it very often at all 
Yeah. And like, like we said, you don't need to, you definitely Mm -hmm. don't need to. We've talked about the word queer before on the pod and just how like, it's kind of nice that it's like this overarching term that just means like fluid essentially, or like, I'm, I'm not one thing. Do you identify with that? Like fluid or queer ever? Like, does that ever kind of bounce around in your mind? I identify with the concept. Yeah. But the the word no. But I think that's I honestly think that's just my like feeling about labels and language. I think yeah. language can be obviously, and I'm sure you guys talk about this and I've heard you talk about this, but like that can be super powerful for for people. Um, and I just don't think I'm one of those people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day I'll like find a word and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah. I mean, Katie identifies with gay, and I think that like it feels her and she uses it and feels comfortable with it and identifies with it um but even that I've never felt like I'm super identified with but Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe it's just my aversion to labeling myself in general well to me it sounds like an intuition thing once again and I think like I think that's probably great advice for anyone listening who is trying to like figure out if they identify with a label I mean Persis correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like leading with feeling is probably the best bet, right? Like when you hear gay, do you feel like, oh yeah, that feels right? Or do you not really have that feeling? And if you don't, like, then why bother trying to identify with that word? It's just a word at the end of the day. And language is incredibly important. We talk about that too, but it can also just be language if if you don't identify with that. Mm-hmm. I would. I think I'm say, also yeah. like a a spiritual person and so to me like it sounds so cheesy but I'm like it's all so like to me it's like language I, it feels above me a little bit like the concept of being queer and by above me I mean like I don't know what I mean by that <laughs> it's, above <laughs> me, it's me. just like it's not it's like I don't, I don't like to use the word god because I don't necessarily believe in god but to me it's all just like I mean, people are different. There are all kinds of people. And I don't, you know, like, I just, I don't feel a need to like label everybody unless that is like important to them and means something to them, of course. But I think that's where it comes from for me is just feeling like I don't need a label because in my heart, this feels like the right place to be. Yeah. That's all that matters. Maybe it'll change. It's your experience and no one else can change that for you or like place you in a box, like you said. And Sometimes labels can be really great for people. Some people love them and they thrive off of them, but then sometimes other feel like other people feel like it's a damaging, right? So I also think like, just go off your intuition, go off your feeling and it's you at the end of the day. Like you're just you. Yeah. And we love you. You're Becky. Becky. So I am Becky. I identify as Becky. Okay. And you posted a photo of you and Katie during Pride Month this year. That was a big deal for you. It was something that kind of seemed like a coming out moment. Did it feel like a coming out moment to you? And what factors went into that decision? Because that's a big deal. That's all of your family and friends are on social media and they'll see that. Um, it did feel like a coming out moment for sure. I think we've talked about this a little bit already, but if like every time I tell somebody, it feels a little bit like coming out what factors went in I think a lot of it was like kind of like at the beginning when you asked me why I'm doing this it feels a bit like stepping out of my comfort zone and stepping into myself in um, a small way today which you know they add up over time into like being yourself day to day and that's kind of what it felt like to me like a little bit out of my comfort zone 
Um, I don't post a lot on social media. Again, like coming back to being a pretty private person. So it definitely was out of my comfort zone in general. And then I think a little bit of it was like, you all can know. And then I don't have to like tell anybody. Tell you all. Yeah. <laughs> it was more of a here convenience thing, really. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm just posting the photo. So here you guys go. Tell the most people that I can yeah. at once. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of it was too, I think for Katie, like, um, we, we hit our relationship a little bit at first in the workplace. And so, or for a while, not a little bit. And I mean, she can talk about like what that felt like for her, but I knew it was important for her and she never put like pressure on me or anything, but I knew it was important for her to like, for me to be like proud of us. Mm -hmm. And I was. And so I think I finally got to a place like we'd been together for a long time before I did that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was so exciting. I remember you were like running the caption past me and I think, and I was like, (laughs) I probably post it, post it, post it. My other girlfriend. Wait, wait, what was the caption? I couldn't even tell you. What was the caption? Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. I'm pulling it up. A live reading. The caption was. Something about being proud, I think. Aw. Can I guess it? (laughs) Can yeah, I guess it? Guess it. Okay. Proud to be yours. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was it. We should change it. That should have been it. Yeah. Can you go back and change it? Like you changed <laughs> ours to home. <laughs> My new home. Um, <laughs> I would be offended. Okay. Also, just for context, guys, there's a, a photo of Anne and I where Anne used the caption home. And then Katie saw that and thought that that we were definitely dating because like it's definitely like a date worthy caption. Yeah. Anyway, so if you the context, posted a I had phone, just come home from a trip, so I was literally home. You're like literally. Like that's home. an important that's, piece no. of contextual information. That's literally you were yeah. talking about your geographical home, but yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I'll There's take no it however I yeah, personally yeah, yeah. want to. Um, but anyway, if you posted a photo that said my new home with Katie. <laughs> I would be honestly jealous. So this photo that Anne posted for the first time, it's so cute. It's her and Katie and Katie's kissing her cheek. It's a very cute photo. The lighting is impeccable. Um, And the (laughs) caption says, feeling, feeling, (laughs) feeling, (laughs) feeling, why are we doing this? Uh, (laughs) Feeling a little extra proud this June. Aww. And everyone commented being like, people loved it. I was like, I, I, that overwhelmed me. And I was just like, it felt great. I was like, like, it just felt so like warm and cozy. Um, And like, it kind of reminded me like in the conversation about telling people and not knowing how it's going to turn out I have had a few experiences where I've like told people and I was nervous about their reaction for like any specific reason you know like just knowing the person like oh I don't really know how this is going to go but this relationship means a lot to me like I'm just like I don't want you to have a bad reaction and there have been like one or two that I can think of that have like been my most like the most excited and it's been something that I didn't necessarily expect and that feels amazing that Mm. makes me like hopeful about the world (laughs) yeah I get that I get that feeling hope and prayer that everyone's gay yeah Mm -hmm. to close off this lovely conversation 
What advice would you give to any listeners who are going through a similar experience to you, maybe dating someone of the same gender or someone who identifies as queer for the first time? Oh my gosh. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure, but it better be eloquent and incredibly inspiring. You're the face. My advice. I mean, I feel like what's been most helpful to me is like trusting the process and trusting the feeling. I come back to that even like even now I still have times where I find myself like, I mean, a lot of internalized homophobia stuff that exists within me and comes up and I worry about things and I stress about things and I stress about, you know, how people are going to react or how they're going to feel and coming back to the feeling. And for me, it really is the love I have for Katie mostly. Like that's what has brought me here and that's what like keeps me in this place and and so I I come back to that and I think people have different reasons for coming out and exploring their sexuality but I think yeah like trusting the gut feeling and the intuition and knowing that there's some reason for that has been helpful for me but it's not easy to do that so be patient with yourself yeah yeah Yeah. be patient give yourself that grace to even take that time Mm -hmm. as well Yeah. And the other piece I think is like finding a safe space. Like I've been really lucky to have safe space around me. And I think I've had very few poor experiences and I'm super lucky that that's the position I'm in, but I will go back to those safe space that the spaces that I know are like particularly safe when I need them. And I think it's super important to like find those spaces. Mm -hmm. Well, what does it mean for you? to be a part of the queer community? Oh my gosh. I honestly feel just like, it sounds so cheesy, but so honored. Like I am just like, sometimes I'm like, am I a part of this like amazing community? Like I don't, do you know what I mean? Like I don't feel like I'm like, again, some imposter syndrome. Like, am I here? Cause it's like, been a privilege to be honest like the most amazing authentic brave wonderful people and I just am like happy to be a part of it I love it I know that sounds super cheesy but that's honestly how I feel it's so sweet that's what it means and then I guess like I mean again coming back to like why I agreed to do the podcast I think is like it means you know like representing yourself authentically and allowing space for other people to do that too Mm -hmm. I think everyone's gonna love this episode holy shit they're gonna love it (laughs) the girl on girlies are gonna love this the girl on girlies are gonna lose their mind because this is like what they're the kind of stuff that they like dm us about you know what I mean like this is literally what they email us about and what they like we all just want to know that we're like not alone But I just want to say, like, I feel like I'm going to get emotional, but I'm so proud of you. And you're just like everything you just said about the people in the queer community that you're honored to be next to. Like, that's who you are as well. You're brave. You're like you're choosing love. You're choosing authenticity. You're choosing yourself. And it's like very inspiring and I just love you so much. And I just like, I I can't think of another word other than proud. Like I could not be more proud of you. Yeah, we're you. we're a little extra proud. This 
October. It's October. The spooky oh. season, you guys are yeah. We are. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It's literally Halloween episode. Happy Halloween, girl and girlies. We have a spooky episode for you. <laughs> Okay, hi Katie. Hello. Katie has graciously agreed to join this interview to gossip with us about Anne because we just thought it wouldn't be a complete interview with getting the other side just of the story. Just gossip about me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. In the room. Ideally. Yeah, you should probably go if you don't mind. <laughs> Awkward we live together now. <laughs> yeah, okay, so first of all, you guys live together. Mm-hmm. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, took yeah a, that's took a big a step. While you all actually took the full year. So. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's long. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually true. A full year for queer gals, that is a long time. Yeah, Purse, what would you say is like a typical U-Haul period? I know a couple. I think it took them like two months and then they moved in together. I would say that sounds like two to five months, pretty typical. Yeah. Wow. You guys took it really slow, really, really slow over here. <laughs> okay but let's take it back to when you first met so we've already heard from Anne about you guys first meeting but from your perspective I almost called you Tish but (laughs) um Katie Mm. what first drew you to Anne when you met her honestly did nothing after the top (laughs) I love the honesty did you hear that (laughs) wow no 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 no. well I knew her for like eight months I want to say before we did anything well like decided that I was going to try to hit her up and it was like I don't know I was just excited she was my age in a workplace that was really just older women but didn't really think anything about it and then Anne's kind of friends with my little sister Julia they have a ridiculous amount in common who also worked there who also mm-hmm. were there and was like, why aren't you friends with Anne? <laughs> and I was like, that's a great question. I don't know. I just started like looking at her different a little bit of like, why don't I know this girl? And then like shifted my whole life to be near her <laughs> and know her a bit more. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> very gay. Like it's shifted super your gay. whole life. Shifted my whole life. I started, we had to book desks at that time at work. And so I started booking a desk that was like near her so that we could casually be talking at work so I could get to know her. And then, (laughs) so for like the whole time I had worked there up to that point, she was always at this specific desk. And then all of a sudden she just like showed up beside me and was just like sitting beside me all the time. Not directly beside. I was a little cooler than that. Thank you. Like a like few two deaths yeah. over. Okay. Yeah. And, but they're like space, right? So nobody could sit in between us because of COVID. So it was very calculated. Perfect. Really deliberate. Your sister just said, hey, you should be friends with her. Were you immediately like, were you like, oh yeah, I should be friends with her, but also like, oh, she's kind of cute. Or was it? Then it was like, then I was like, I should look at Anne, essentially. I like looked at her. I'm just not even noticeable until that point. (laughs) (laughs) I I should look at her. I hadn't even, but then I was like, this is, I'm missing out. Yeah, it was a little bit. It was a hectic year for me in my defense. Mm -hmm. Everything. So yeah, I don't know. I just like essentially went back to like seeing her again for the first time. I was like, oh, (laughs) 
I should, I should be doing something here. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see her in a different light as well. I feel like I've had those moments too, with people where like someone might say something and then you look at them and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> like, why am I looking at you like this now? Like, where did this come from? But yeah. that's nice. I've totally had that moment too. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I don't know why I hadn't thought about it. And Julia was so casual about it. She had literally had talked to Anne like a handful of times and like really passing. It was like, she's cool. You need to be near her. <laughs> it's like, you're right. <laughs> I do. Really? And we're still friends, me and her sister. We're like little buddies. If I was the <laughs> sister, I would take so much credit. Like if I was your sister, I would just does milk she? it. Yes, to me. No, she does. Oh. She does. She absolutely does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're trying to get closer to Anne. You're like booking the desk near to her, blah, blah, blah. But you knew that she was straight, right? I No, but she refused to take a hard line on the sexuality piece. She refu okay. refused. So I'm like dropping hints about like, hey, you know, I date women. And she was like, cool. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> and I was like, okay <laughs> and it was just like nothing I'm like fishing I got that she was single but that was as far as I got and that there was no commitment to any interest in anybody she could be completely like she could be committed to celibacy for all I knew so you got like <laughs> the open vibe because I didn't know because I was thinking maybe Anne at that point would have maybe been like oh I identify as straight or like been dating it just men. never really came up at work I would say like we okay. only knew each other at work so it just mm. like I don't really talk much about my personal life at work in general so it just never came up yeah that makes sense and just for the listeners both Katie and Anne work in healthcare and so that is kind of a place where you might not talk about your personal life as much and be like a little bit more on the professional side mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah definitely so when you found out I'm assuming at some point you found out that Anne did identify as straight or thought maybe she did and at that point what did you feel were you like oh there's no chance with her or were you always like no there I think there's still something here I could I could maybe you know I could throw a little bait out there she was really playing it close to the chest I would say for a long time until we like kissed actually I don't know if I had any real knowledge of what she had done <laughs> with other people okay. at that point and so then it was like okay well at least there was we had something to go off of and it was like yeah this is not this is my first time kind of exploring this and so but no off the hop no I wasn't that it was more just like is she into this uh generally not specifically because I was a woman yeah but did, did you make the first move then I'm assuming like how it was like that... eight moves <laughs> eight to ten at least Wait, we need to unpack that like That's let's walk us, walk us through like the eight to ten moves like how did this happen like so many moves and just being like uh at one point I don't know I was like flirting with her and I don't know she was entertaining it so I was like okay like surely if she was not feeling this at all she would have shut down the flirting with me called me out at one point asking if I had a flirty personality. Like, and I was just like, are you asking because you want to know if I'm flirting with you? And she went, yes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, just like point blank called me out over text. Yes. And I was just like, yes, I am. I am trying to flirt with you here. Like, is that something that is like of interest? <laughs> and like, what are we thinking? <laughs> so respectful. Um, I love that. So respectful. Like, 
so respectful. It's okay. <laughs> and then she was just kind of like, okay, I'd like, I, I guessed right, I guess. Like she really didn't give me much off of that. And then I was like, okay, perfect. And I was in the middle of moving <laughs> as well at this, <laughs> at this point. And so then I was like, you want to come see the new, like my new place? And she was like, yes, I'm like great. And then it still took, I don't know, hours of you being here before I like worked up the nerve. So it was like a lot of subtle cues and a lot of not subtle cues. She was bouncing back and forth. One second she'd be like reserved and the next she'd be like, are you flirting with me? Correct. And then we like, back up. And then we'd back up like, yes, I am flirting with you. And she'd be like, cool. I'm going to go back to my friends. <laughs> okay. You want me to stop this? She was like, no. <laughs> Which I feel like is, and Sarah, you might agree or maybe disagree, but I feel like I'm like that. I've been like that my whole dating history. Like I'm very, hold my cards close to the chest with anybody. Like I need to know how you feel before I will like give up feelings. So I think part of that is me. And part of it was because it was new. I think that's how you are anyway and you're so you hold it close and then once you find out the other person is into you you're like it's like a river like the dam's lifted and like the river's flowing and you're full like into it like you are a hundred percent in <laughs> maybe that's generous of you <laughs> to say <laughs> I was like that at some point with you no. like when I got there I was. she was like clearly into it I think then the whole straight thing came up like mm-hmm. after we were like firmly mm-hmm established as like a thing then it was like oh what is my identity and then it became kind of yeah Vicky yeah yeah, yeah. no it wasn't like I don't know sometimes when I tell this story it feels like I'm like you know those like grandparents are like wow grandpa just asked me out 15 times and I finally said yes (laughs) and now we're married and you're like oh that just assault was that what happened to grandma Grandma?" no it's very gay it's very gay (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a lot of listeners might want to know this from you Katie and might be like in your situation or happened in your situation before how do you deal now in a committed relationship with Anne how do you deal with the fact that you are the first woman that she's been in a relationship with is that hard for you is that something like you work through individually and that you guys talk about we spent a lot of time talking about it yeah it's like an open I think we've gotten better at it being like an open mm-hmm. thing because sometimes it was difficult there's just like a process right like you expect your life to look a certain way and then it's not and not that that's a bad thing necessarily but it's certainly an adjustment and it's harder to be gay in like lots of different contexts and so like that kind of challenge is easy to conflate with like being unhappy in the relationship but that's not necessarily it so kind of being like really clear on like how I need her to kind of, I don't know, like show, I guess, attraction and that kind of thing has been helpful, mm-hmm. I think. The identity piece was okay. I wasn't super concerned about it. I'm not like worried about me being the first one. Like that's no big deal to me, I don't think. That's good. Um, Communication's yeah. key. Mm-hmm. Very key. Yeah. I think I, think, I don't advice. think work helped. Don't do it at work. <laughs> <laughs> Don't date your coworkers. Don't date your coworkers. Because we were like not telling anybody at work because for a variety of reasons, but it wasn't like a super safe space. And then we're both pretty private. And so then I think that was hard too. Of like, we were like this secret and also new to being gay. And I was like, okay, which part is like just secret because this is the nature of the relationship right now. And and does this have anything to do with being gay? Which it didn't, but. Yeah, there's more to it than that. 
for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's complicated, but y'all made it through. We did. We now did. we're roommates. So roomies. <laughs> and then they were roommates. And then they yeah. were roommates. Okay. Last question is for both of you. What is your favorite quality in the other? Um, I had, so I have two. Can I say two? I couldn't decide. Absolutely. I've decided that's acceptable. um your generosity her generosity is a big one like Katie is so generous with her with everything like not just like resources but like time and attention um if you matter to her she will like move mountains to be there for you when you need her kind of thing um that's cute (laughs) I love that about her like her family and her close friends she will do anything for um that. and I get to be the recipient of that a lot you better be <laughs> <laughs> um and just how driven she is she's really driven she has a lot in life and she's really busy all the time and achieves these great things and it's really cool to see because I could tend to be more of like the well I could just like sit at home and not do anything and like lay on the couch so yeah that balance is good that's a sexy quality. I'm also very attracted to people who are driven. Oh, should we all date each other? <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a thruple, but it's it's not a thruple. Oh, we'd be a quad. It's a quad. Oh, it's just called a quad. Oh, it's less fun than thruple. Thruple's Something. fun. Quad sounds safer. Quad? Because there's four, it just feels like a safer vibe to me. Yeah, no one gets left out. That's important to me. <laughs> Couples can get complicated. Three's a crowd. Three's awkward sometimes. Totally. Okay. Especially if one of them's on the West Coast. Um, yeah. True. But I can just zoom in on our like quad sessions. Also, Katie, you're not off the hook. You do have to say your favorite quality about Anne. However, I do really want to quickly, because we haven't touched on this yet, take the listeners back. If y'all remember one episode ages ago, we were talking about my friend, Becky, and her girlfriend, Tish, and how Tish thought I was dating Becky. Mm-hmm. Guys, this is Tish and Becky. <laughs> Anne is Becky. Katie is Tish. And Katie and, Anne and Sarah are dating, in fact. They are. And Sarah, I would say they have cuter Instagram posts slash captions to this day. Well, yeah, true. Nobody has called me home yet. Nobody. Home. Home. <laughs> okay Um, okay perfect it looks like one of you it looks like Anne is on your lap and the caption is home that is not (laughs) straight at best that is queer baiting that is queer baiting it's queer baiting it is a little queer but I swear like that wasn't the caption when you posted it like I think you went back and changed it not to like pour salt in the wound but I think she like (laughs) went back and was like this is my home and Sarah's my home this is my main squeeze this is my home and the other one is me and you boo that's what we've got we've got main squeeze home and me and you boo I can quote (laughs) Instagram captions because I spent so long analyzing Julia I was like is this is this something you would do with your friend is that a (laughs) Is that a picture you would post platonically? Do and you she think? said yes. And Julia's like, just ask her. I'm like, you're, you're trying to be insane. Well, and then, so Katie's like, oh, are they dating? And then she goes to my profile and is like, oh, she has a gay podcast. Like, it definitely doesn't look promising, to be honest. Like, if I was you, I'd be concerned for sure. No, 
Yeah. So purses, I've, I've desperately wanted you to be gay long before I met you. I was like, please let it be the other one. Please let it be the other one. <laughs> that is so funny. Cause it's like, you'd see like, okay, straight and queer perspective, but you're like, which one is gay? Who is who? Anyway, Katie, what's your favorite quality in Anne? Uh, I think the, the biggest one is I always call her my little feeler that she just has this unbelievable capacity to feel everything in the world and this like empathy arm of hers and there's so much love that comes out of that it's just beautiful I don't I don't give a lot of people the benefit of the doubt I would say all the time but just always from Anne is just I don't know you approach the world with love and like patience and so oh. <laughs> <Any> patience <laughs> in certain contexts not necessarily with me but uh, otherwise. <laughs> otherwise and then Number two is, it sounds counterintuitive, but that you slow me down. I really Mm. deeply value that. I need to be tempered all the time. And it's really lovely to have somebody that kind of soothes my soul and slows me down so that I'm not drowning all of the time as I constantly bite off more than I can chew. You make me cry. It's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Slow clap. Yes. I feel like I'm going to cry. I can confirm. I think those are my two favorite qualities in Anne as well. Mm -hmm. As her other girlfriend, you support that. Yeah. As her current girlfriend, I feel like. As her home. As As her home. As her home, as her main squeeze, as her boo. Like, I just kind of feel. I feel like no one slows me down like Anne. (laughs) Okay, Katie, is there anything else you want to say to our listeners about Anne or about how this whole crazy relationship started? I don't think so. She's pretty great. You guys are lucky to listen to her for an hour. (laughs) I agree. Meanwhile, I'm like, are you sure you guys have the right person? (laughs) Me too. Me? can't be me definitely have the right person definitely have the right people katie thank you for joining us you are the best i'm so happy that ann found you and definitely get the best friend stamp of approval you already got it obviously but you're getting it now like publicly for the world to hear good even though i didn't listen to your podcast that was a key takeaway from the becky and tish thing (gasps) I did all that work, but I didn't actually play the podcast where you're like, I'm gay and I'm straight. It would have really set me. (laughs) Well, it's in the intro. It's in the intro. Exactly. When when I heard the story, I was like, we literally say it in the first 30 seconds. (laughs) I know. She doesn't have time for that. Apparently. She got things to do. I was like scrolling through all like the captions on the pictures being like, where are you identifying? And I should have just listened to the podcast. So now we know. (laughs) Now we know. And now everyone knows. Just listen to the podcast, guys. It gives you all the deets. You'll get the answers you want. Exactly. Yeah, I learned the hard way, but now we're here. So Okay, go get some sleep. God bless your soul. Okay, Persis, are you ready for In Case You Missed It? Yeah, I've never been more ready. Never ever? No, I love saying that. Remember, I was like, what's that from? And you're like, probably every movie ever where they're like, (laughs) are you ready? And then the person goes, I've never been more ready. I want to have that confidence in my life every day. We are going to talk about something that happened last week. It was 
Asexual Awareness Week mm-hmm. um, from October 23rd to 29th. And they also call it Ace Week. Yes. And Pers, tell us a little bit more. What is Asexual Awareness Week? Well, it's to bring awareness, I think, to more asexual stories because I don't know about you, but I feel like I've noticed sometimes that asexuality isn't talked about, I don't think, as much as the other like terms in the LGBT umbrella. You know what I mean? Like, at least for me personally, like even learning about asexuality, that was very, very new to me, probably within like the last couple years. Um, I didn't really know much about it. And Sarah and I actually talked about this on another episode where I felt like I had a lot of like ignorance towards it and not in like a hateful way, just truly like I didn't know. Like there was something I would hear about asexuality and think like, oh, I know what this is. When really we were like, I was like, that's actually not what it is. Like, for example, I was like, oh, asexual people just like don't have sex. But then there's like so much more to it. So I think it's good that we have like a whole week to like shed more awareness and talk about representation there because I'm sure like many people feel alone. And there was an article that I found at the Gay Times where Monty Benning actually reflected on their like asexual journey and how a novel by Alice Oseman, I think that's how you pronounce her last name, really made them feel validated in their identity. That's amazing. We have an episode about asexuality that you guys can listen back to, but for anyone who doesn't know or has never heard of asexual, it basically describes someone who doesn't experience sexual attraction and or doesn't desire sexual contact. But there are so many sides to the asexual coin and so many ways that someone can identify with this label if if it feels right for them. And... Another important thing to note is that an asexual person can be also straight, gay, bisexual, queer, because there are so many other types of attraction, which is what we talk about in our episode about asexuality. Um, And so, for example, I can identify as a straight woman and asexual if um, I don't experience sexual attraction the same way someone else might. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. And I feel like, like, have you heard of this book, Loveless? No, I really want to read it because um, Monty was saying, I recently read Alice Oseman's Loveless. We followed the main character on her journey to realizing she is arrow ace and coming to terms with that. I read the 450 pages in half a day unprepared for just how validated it would make me feel. Thankfully, I know now that asexuality is normal. I forget sometimes too, and it's very easy to forget, but it is. And there are so many ways to be asexual. There's not a universal experience for all asexual people. It's a very broad spectrum and we need more representation that mirrors that, which I totally agree. Like there's not one way to be asexual. It's not so black and white as like, you know, other people in the community, like there's not one way to be like a lesbian or one way to be bisexual or one way to be pan, whatever. Yeah, totally. But I think over time, a stereotype of what the one way is has been created for all of those labels for gay lesbian etc but one hasn't been created for asexual so i think there's a lot of confusion about like what is asexual what does it look like and i can't think of anyone in um, like the public eye who openly identifies as asexual can you there's a really popular youtuber okay let me find them yeah we should give um 
We should give the reco. Actually, Kira Graves, who we also had on the podcast, interviewed them. Oh, amazing. Um, so Kira actually interviewed um, this person on their YouTube channel, what it really means to be asexual, featuring Yasmin Benoit. Amazing. Yasmin Benoit. And we can link that um, video in the show notes for this episode as well. So you guys can go watch it and you can go follow Yasmin too and learn more. Also, I just wanted to mention um, in the article that Purse was just referencing, you said that someone was arrow ace, I think you said. And I just wanted to clarify what that meant because I didn't know what it meant. So I had to look it up. Um, in case anyone doesn't know, arrow is short for aromantic, um, which is um, the same kind of word as asexual. Essentially, aromantic means that you experience little to no romantic attraction, which is a separate type of attraction from sexual. So someone can someone can identify with not experiencing sexual attraction and romantic attraction at the same time, and that would be um, someone who identifies as arrow ace, I believe. If I'm wrong, please y'all correct me. But that's what I um, learned when I was looking that up. Okay, yeah, that's good to know, actually. I didn't know what that meant. So thank you for looking that up. Listen, we are learning every day on this podcast, I swear. Wow, and we'll link the article too because Monty, I love the way they're speaking out about this because I feel like we all relate to this when we're growing up too of like, we're trying so hard not to be a certain way because it doesn't seem like normal air quotations from a society perspective. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Monty talks about how they were struggling with the fact that they never had crushes as a kid, or they would truly get panicked, like at the thought of someone kissing them. Like there's a part where it says like, I was shuddering thinking of the fact that this person liked me and wanted to kiss me. But people were kind of like laughing at my innocence, like just thinking I'm so immature. Right. Or like a square or something. Yeah. And then they were saying something about how they really wished. Apparently I had tried, sorry. Apparently I had tried very hard my whole life not to be asexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really, I'm going to, um, we'll definitely link this because I feel like there needs to be more representation here. And I'm still learning all the time too about asexuality. There's many things I still don't know. Yeah, me too. And we're going to keep learning and we should probably have like a few more topics on it coming up. But yeah, Asexual Awareness Week was last week. And we also just want to say how like I love that there are awareness weeks for all for everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, we love representation and awareness on this pod. And so I, I just love that that so many things can have their own time to shine within the queer within the queer year, if you will. And that Ace Week has its own week dedicated to learning more about asexuality because, listen, your girls host a queer podcast and we still get confused sometimes about what certain words mean or what certain experiences are like. Look up aceweek.org, A-C-E-week.org, and you can learn more about um, what this annual campaign does to raise awareness around the world. You can also sign up for their newsletter so you can like learn how to take part next year or I'm sure learn more about what's happening throughout the entire year. We should have someone who identifies as asexual on the podcast. Let's reach out to Yasmin. Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. We're manifesting. We'll find their Instagram. Perfect. I can't wait. (laughs) See you soon, Yasmin. (laughs) See ya. Imagine Yasmin's listening. Yeah. Maybe. And they're, and they're like, 
oh come on or they're like please for the love of god do not reach out to me <laughs> i think the latter probably the latter please yeah. for the love of god <laughs> well of too god. bad because we are talk to you soon <laughs> confidence okay, I Sarah. love confidence. you Percy we are confident we are going into this into this day with confidence oh also when y'all are listening to this it might be Halloween so if if you care about Halloween and celebrate it happy Halloween. happy Halloween spooky 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 and thank you again to the beautiful amazing wonderful Anne and Katie for sharing your stories on the podcast today. We love you more than all the little fishies in the little sea. Yes. Thank you so much because there's plenty of fish and we choose you. Oh, <laughs> end it there, baby. That's the end of the podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs>